0: This is One Heat Minute.
1: Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gang bangers, working the local 7-Eleven here. Robbery, homicides, take it.
0: Give me all you got! This is... In- Give me all you got!
1: I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys
0: like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's L.A. Crime Opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and joining me for a third time, which, just to even say it, is staggering. A third time is... One of my heroes, I think the world's greatest living critic, the New York Times is Manola Dargis. Manola, thank you so much and welcome back to One Eight Minute.
1: Thank you. How could I not return with an introduction <laughs> like that? <laughs> thank you very I much. Try, try,
0: very... I try. I'm extremely thankful. <laughs> Look, guys, Manola and I have talked... We've talked two amazing minutes so far, 30th, 60th. It was going to be the 90th, um, but we're now in here for the 89th minute. I was desperate to get Manola in to be part of the exchange, the central exchange with Vincent, Hannah, and Neil Macaulay. And so we are now at the 89th minute together. We're going to watch it. This This is the six minutes that people talk about for this movie. This is the moment where Vincent asks, Neil, what do you say I buy you a cup of coffee? So here we go, we're going to watch this together and we're going to come back and unpack this amazing anticipation, This uh, the, the most anticipated showdown in the 90s and perhaps, you know, new Hollywood <laughs> history well, we're seeing the first time face-to-face on the screen in heat. So have a listen, Manola and I will watch and we'll come back and chat to you about it.
1: How you doing? What do you say I buy you a cup of coffee? Yeah, sure, let's go. Follow me. Seven years in Folsom, in the hole for three. McNeil before.
0: There it is.
1: <laughs> there,
0: ta-da! ta-da! Here we are. Oh man, so good. I, 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 I forget. I forget about, particularly, what a delightfully, uh, uh, beautifully framed shot that is of. Not only the framing of the gun and the tracking, just that movement with Pacino, but also getting the reflection of Neil's face in those opening seconds of this minute. Manol Douglas, how good is that? How good is that? It's,
1: it's really good. I mean, what's. There's, there's a, we have to talk about this for a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's a few <laughs> things that I really like about it. I mean, there are these kind of, there's several scenes that take place either in restaurants or coffee shops, you know. I mean, it's for the, for an action movie, he likes to put, man likes to put people together face-to-face. Yes. And they have this uh, different scene. And most of them are kind of, they seem like they're, they're kind of uh, in between the act, but they're really important in terms of what they say. Yes. Um, and I want to, before we talk about the kind of, unpack what we think is going on. I just wanted to just talk of, about a few beats in the scene itself. So he's, um, Vincent has been, Vincent Hanna has been chasing Neil. I'm going to call him by their first names just because it's easier than saying. Macaulay is just really hard to say for me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and just, to, I think it's important just to kind of give a little bit of context. He has been chasing him first in a helicopter, uh, which has allowed us to see the big, beautiful city you know, which is extremely important be, um, because we often see um, Neil looking at the city and the city as this kind of evocative space. Um, yes. and so we see it in this really interesting tilted. I'm sure you know you already talked about it. And then this begins with with um, I think really interesting with Vincent getting out of the car, his hand on this gun, and that is a really telegraphing moment. You know, it just is. It is kind of signaling we are now in a lot of ways for me. We are now beginning the ending of the movie. Yes. Does that make sense? And we are beginning the ending of the movie with Vincent's hand on that gun.
0: Oh, I like that. I really like that. Yes.
1: So we walk up and what he's done is he's waved Neil over like a patrol, you know, like a highway patrol officer waves over someone who's speeding. I mean, there's something very pedestrian and almost insulting about it in a way you know it's not the kind of grand thing he's just like he's put on the red uh lights of a cop car and he's like hey you 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 in the car move over and there's something really um i think very kind of um plain and interesting about it and what it really does in some ways is like this is a cop stopping a bad guy you know I mean it's a very kind of simple generic thing in some ways right it's a
0: real test of compliance too because there's that moment where he flashes the lights Mm -hmm. and when you haven't seen this movie and it's almost impossible to divorce myself and I'm sure the same is with you to divorce myself from not having seen it but when you sort of try and view it objectively in the lead-up minutes he flashes him and you're like is this the run moment you know, this is L.A. Mm-hmm, 1995. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty famous mm-hmm. car chases that happen in L.A. Yes. in 1995. And so the fact that it's just compliance is like you're immediately off kilter. And so then when he's out with the gun and you also see that little subtle maneuver in the preceding minute with um, with Neil and putting the gun under sort of his right mm-hmm. leg in the car seat. Right. It's just right. it's, this is so full of tension. And De Niro is his stillness in this scene is terrifying because he right. you just do not, he doesn't blink. He is completely perfectly framed. He's just, it's, 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 that's what I love about this scene when it plays out is his face does not move in that mirror at all. He's just completely still.
1: And what's, in, and what's interesting, like you just mentioned, he's really still. And of course, Pacino's, physical performance is very, very different. Yes. He's just kind of like, he's swaggering, he's jittering, he's moving. It feels like he's kind of moving back and forth from right to left leg. He's chewing his gum. He, like I was going to say the gum. is one of the
0: world's greatest performances of chewing gum. He's just like, um, it,
1: um. It, and so when he, um, so he approaches the car and, you know, we see the license plates so are kind of seeing um, Vincent seeing the license plate, getting close to the car he goes up to the driver's front window, which of course is on the left, since it's "The United States." And we—he he walks up to um, to Neil, who is, as you said, just really still, but his face is in profile. Yes. You know, Neil does not look. I mean, you know, if you've ever been pulled over by a cop, and I have, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> You're very, very nervous. But this guy yes. is completely still, and it is important, as you pointed out, because we've seen this. He's got—he's got his left hand on the wheel. But we can't see in that shot where his other hand is. And we know where his other hand is. His other hand <laughs> is near that gun. So this is part of the tension that's building. It's He's very quiet, you know, but we know that his hand is near that gun. The man cuts to his reverse shot, so we're inside the car. And... The first thing that actually Vincent says is he's he's framed in the window and he's he's looking down at us and at uh, at Neil. How you doing? You
0: know? <laughs> it's the most. I just I just did a recent episode with Sean Burns, who's another American film <laughs> critic, and he talked about his experience of the two New York guys in the most LA movie of all time. Like you know, it's like yeah, LA yeah. movie, but two New Yorkers, and and it's really struck me on a couple of. Uh, subsequent watches, but that's line. line. It, like, it, it it couldn't, you know, It's I, I'm going to say Joey Tribbiani from Friends stole it from that delivery that we just <laughs> saw. Like, it's, how you doing? Like, it's just but, amazing. It's perfect.
1: But it's so casual. Yeah. It's not what a cop says to you when they pull you, you know, when he or she pulls you over, they say, uh, you know, hands on the wheel or whatever they say, you're speaking – how you doing? It's like, hey, what's going on? We're gonna hang out. It's so like, it's very disarming. And again, Pacino's body language and the delivery of his lines are just so kind of weird and off kilter, and you know, really marvelous. As De Niro is like, you know, this man of stone.
0: And uh, I just want to, lo- I just want to really go and underline a word that you just said there, which is completely disarming. And that's with all the tension. Of the gun. That's what I, I continue to marvel at Pacino's performance in this film is the tension of the gun. It is extremely tense and especially, you know, cinematically, the sound is, is blaring. The screen mm-hmm. is swarming you. You're watching for the details. It's dark. So you're even more heightened awareness, state of awareness. You see him with the gun. You know Neil's holding the gun. And then he does, as he does in so many great, you know, disarming interactions. And we also get, like, we almost get, like, first-person point of view, especially in the shot Mm -hmm. that we're sort of looking at in still form in silence now. He just disarms the audience, too. How are you doing? Yes. And it's like, that is not (laughs) the the words I thought you were going to say. Like, any any other thing, like, you know, hey, how about you take your trip to the station? There's all these other kind of, you know, very archetypal, you know, almost – Uh, formulaic little, you know, lines of dialogue you've heard in every single cop movie ever. But, he, you know, that how you're doing is like, what the hell is going on? That's what I love about this.
1: It's great. And yet at the same time, what's interesting about that, because it has this familiarity, it's not at all the formal quality that you would, again, expect from a cop who's pulled someone over. It's familiar, almost friendly. And in a way it should be because these two men have been these mirrored images all along, right? right. So the whole movie has been building. It's this shot-counter-shot kind of thing that's going on. And so, you know, and they've already had one kind of mirror encounter where the one where um, they're doing the surveillance and we see De Niro's face in that weird infrared uh, thing where they're they're looking at each other but not actually in the same physical space – This is the first time they're actually occupying the same physical space in the movie, right? I mean, yes, so this is, but it's weird because because we have been cutting back and forth between these two men and the entire narrative is shaped around them, you know, it's this dialectic, The how you doing is kind of like, yeah, you know, we've been hanging out for uh, 89 (laughs) minutes in a kind of weird way. you know So it kind of, even though it's off, it's kind of like you're kind of thrown off. It's like, yeah, I guess, yeah, we've been like hanging out with these guys and they've been hanging out with each other, prowling around each other. But then I love what comes next because then, you know, Pacino's face is just this kind of, you know, just this wild thing. He's kind of jittery. And then he leans in slightly, which is—it's not quite menacing, but it's—it's it's really. And then he delivers the most surprising line, right? You know, we're, we're already taken aback by how you doing, but then we get, "What do you say? I buy you a cup of coffee." <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. And then what's even weirder? It's—it's—it's it's, it's backed up with, "Follow me," like, not, "I'll follow you." It's just like, what is? None of this makes right. sense. And even the. What I love it, like you said, with the lean, what do you say I buy you a cup of coffee? It kind of serves two purposes. Not only is it closing the distance between the makes it a little bit more intimate, like I'm oh, um, being friendly. Mm-hmm. What do you say I buy a cup mm-hmm. of coffee? He then, mm-hmm. like, gestures. He does this thing with his eyebrows mm-hmm. where he's, like, looking. Mm-hmm. Look, there's a coffee shop. That's why I pulled You're you ready? over. <laughs> I pulled you over in front of the coffee shop. I wanted to go grab a cup of coffee with you. It's so bizarre. It's so wonderful. And and then what's what's so great is that Neil, as the Iceman, sort of goes... There's the morbid. Uh, what I love about De Niro's performance in this moment, you can see it sort of. Um, there's a bit of glare on their screen, but you can sort of mm-hmm. see it. Is he's he he's got a morbid curiosity. There's a weird. It's not. It's 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 well, exceptionally he, suspicious and and skeptical. But he's like, yeah,
1: sure, let's go. It's actually I, my favorite. Um Moment in this one minute, you know, if I had to pick one moment, is actually what um, he does, what De Niro does, because after um, Vincent delivers this surprising invitation, uh, which is an, in a way and we can talk about that in a second, as a kind of pickup line, you know, yes, um, you know, we are now uh, uh, Neil does not look at Hannah; no. he's still in profile, and what he does instead is he kind of looks toward us you know, kind of towards the camera and toward us, the audience. And for me, it's kind of like he's looking around for someone to say, can you believe this guy? Like, he's like, wait, what? (laughs) It's a, it's very much of a kind of wait, what moment he doesn't look. He doesn't look right at Vincent. He looks toward us and only then does he then look back at Vincent and say, yeah, sure. Let's go. But we have to have this pause where he is registering the same kind of almost surprise, like, what's going on here as we are? Which is, I think what's interesting is how a man consistently pulls us both into the, the point of views of both these men in, in very, sometimes very subtle ways, just maybe with a look. Like, to me, this is a real moment of bonding in a strange way between us and Neil like we're both like him going Wait, we, what? we have Gina? we are
0: completely equally in Neil's shoes we've just flawed. we don't know what what's going right. on and right. and he's doing everything that we would expect which is right. he's trying to act still and natural and not be aggressive because he's like I don't know what this guy's going to do this is completely unexpected I clearly wasn't speeding that's the thing you love about this moment he was never speeding <laughs> He knew he wasn't speeding because no, no, he, still he, he knew
1: he knew he's smart. He's a smart, you know, professional th- He knows not to speed. You can, that's how you get busted. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't
0: speeding. So he's just like, what is going on? And no eye contact, no aggression, complete stillness and everything about it's the, when he finally becomes unguarded and goes, yeah, sure. Let's, God. <laughs> like it's, I just love everything about it. It's probably but, he the least. Says
1: it really, but he says it really fast. You yeah. know, like he says it, the, the you know, there's a kind of slurry, like, what do you say I buy you a cup of coffee? And the way that, the way that Pacino delivers is a kind of a slur, you know, what do you, a cup of <laughs> And De Niro is very kind of, you know, yeah, sure, <laughs> let's go. And it's very kind of, yeah. very matter of fact, boom, 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 boom. And as you say, then we have Follow Me and Hannah leaves the shot. And then you have again… We're now still with uh, with Neil because we watch Neil watching Vincent and he's looking at him in the passenger, I'm, I'm sorry, in the driver's mirror, side mirror. And you can see him kind of thinking, you know, where he's like kind of weighing the odds of, okay, what's going on here? There is a, you know?
0: There is a novel happening in his face when he's looking at that mirror. <laughs> There's so mm-hmm. many you can you're registering like thousands of computations and calculations in his mind going is what's the move here? And I just love yeah. that. They love that what's the move here? And he really watches him go back and he just sort of studies him and you can see just everything. Um, you can see everything going on and, it, it, and it's so you know so true to these guys and their incredible performance. It's just so this is like a I agree with you there's such a perfectly synthesized Neil McCauley moment. Because it's so—it's mm-hmm. not De Niro here. He's doing such a good job to be Neil, and you're inside yes. Neil's mind. Like, there's—you're—you're you're watching him do this, going, you know, and in a thousand other movies, we've seen the cop go, start the chase. You know, we've mm-hmm. watched him wait till the guy gets back to his car, or he's not quite back to his car, and he drives away, or he attacks him, or whatever. But Vincent's complete, you know, U-turn of how this scenario should go here is so wonderful, and he's just. And again, I love, you know, you got to love the the low light scenes and just the traffic lights that are eventually lighting it before we get into our lovely, mm-hmm. those 10 mm-hmm. seconds of our of the scene. Welcome.
1: Um, one more thing before we, we go to the famous uh, uh, face-to-face in the restaurant is that when you break down, and I know that this is something that you, of course, already know, but when you look at a single moment, one of the things is about how... Deeply committed, you know. People, people talk about actors being committed to a performance, but yeah. here you just get the sense of, you know, it, it's never broken. So that even in this moment, the kind of exuberance and off kilter quality of of um, of Vincent hannah is is being revealed here with this kind of weird, spo- seemingly spontaneous outburst, you know, and the gum and everything else, and physically. And then the kind of very careful consideration of Neil Macaulay, who sits there and we watch him because he is a man we know who works through every move. Yes. Who plots every detail, who knows how to set up a, a, a heist down to the last second, you know. And here he is plotting what comes next, which is the, you know, I just, I think, and I'm so, I really admire that because it just feels as sustained in this minute as in any other minute that we could choose. You and know, the, the entire holisticness of it is amazing. That's not a word, but you know
0: what I mean? (laughs) I know, but I I think a lot of people don't register this scene of them together on screen. Like the cafe, this is
1: the first scene. This is is the first scene. This this is is the first
0: scene. And they are literally in each other, in each other's space. And it's almost the most undeniable that they're in each other's space. They share the same frame and it has such a nuance to it. Um, and a, a sense of anticipation that when i've been approaching this you know the, this 20 minute sequence of the film i'm just sh- you know just completely overwhelmed often with this minute particularly because of how much the anticipations there how much the interplay is still there how you know, we're getting like a sneak preview of just how good these guys are at performing these characters, you know, already. Like there's so much in, right. the, in the body language and so much we're getting. And you see Vincent almost in his element, you know, Neil being still and Vincent doing all the movement. It's just so wonderful. It's such a great and, little dance.
1: And again, just like the gun, you know, again, the um. minute starts with the gun in, uh, you know, Vincent's hand. And what is Neil? Neil is... In his car. He is boxed in. He is trapped, you know. And I think that the entire, and as I said, I think this is the beginning, you know, maybe you could say the beginning of the end is with the helicopter. But I think really it's this moment because this is when the two men meet really face to face for the first time. And every single thing that is going to happen for the remainder of the movie is here. And And a lot of it is already in visual terms. Again, you know, the way that the cop is closing in on his prey and the 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 prey is cornered i mean boxed in in yeah, the dark literally and it boxed is a, in in the dark right and this is a total prelude to what's going to happen and in a way you know i really i like the the neck you know we're gonna talk about the next 10 seconds which is, <laughs> leads up to the famous but it's so strange to me how many people including people who've interviewed man and he doesn't correct them and books i've read you know about it say that this is the first time that they share the screen is in the restaurant when, as you just pointed out, no, this is the first time. And they're not, it wouldn't be the same, you know? I mean, first of all, like, how would these two men... It's you know it's, land together in a restaurant. They have to have this this moment together, this okay. minute together.
0: And it's orchestrated in a series of power plays that happen. So first, Vincent yes. sees Neil in that wonderful two shot with the infrared mm-hmm. or Michael Man infra blue. I'm calling it now yep. the infra blue yep. camera. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then Neil completely one ups him. You know they trick mm-hmm. his team at the yard, and he's like, "You want to know yeah. what they're looking at? They're looking at us." And so us. you get an exchange happening with them. It's a one upmanship. And then, you know, Vincent one ups him again in a helicopter, like he helicopters mm-hmm. to find him. But the how they get into that restaurant is so is so much more important because it would feel so forced and random if they were just getting the, you know, if these were two guys who lived in the same suburb and he just walked or- over <laughs> in the morning, you know, it just doesn't make any sense.
1: Or imagine, you know, one of them making a phone call or even actually, you know, this, uh, yeah. as you know, this is based um, on someone that Michael Mann knew, um, this guy, Charlie Adamson, who chased the real Macaulay. And I was reading about, um, can we talk about this for a second before course, we get to the restaurant?
0: Of course, of course.
1: Um, this is what Michael Mann actually said about it. He said Charlie was dropping off his dry cleaning at a little shopping center in Chicago on Lincoln Avenue and he saw Macaulay, who he had been already – surveying, getting out of his car to go in for a cup of coffee. Neil knew he was being watched, and he knew who had been watching him. The two of them see each other. A gunfight might have broken out in the parking lot right then and there, but Adamson says, come on, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just want to continue, because I just I, I love this, and I hope everyone else loves this too. This is man continuing. When he was talking to Pacino and De Niro about how to approach it, He said, why is Hannah stopping Macaulay and saying, let's have a cup of coffee? Because he knows that Macaulay knows all about who's surveying him. The only new data he can have is to know the man, because if he knows the man consciously and then also subconsciously, because detectives understand the value of what you take, uh, intake subconsciously, then he may at some later date have an intuitive flash when he's trying to figure out what the criminal is likely to do. That's Wait a minute, this guy Macaulay, he's probably going to take a left at this fork in the road. And that's based (laughs) on human contact. Macaulay hesitates at first, but he comes to the same conclusion. I have an opportunity to learn more about the guy who's chasing me and perhaps it will aid me in intuiting what his next move will be if I'm in a jam. I love that. I just, I hope, I know it was a long.
0: No, that is so perfect and it's so amazing that you got to read it on this show. It is, (laughs) I'm so thrilled. But yeah, I I just love it. The Charlie Adamson stuff, it's the the great law behind this movie. And the first thing I was going to say firstly about Charlie Adamson is even that morsel. You just describing that, you can totally understand why man had this irreconcilable itch to turn this into a film. It's such, oh a, yeah, it's such. Like I get goosebumps when you read that, thinking about, oh my god, that is like that's the that's the the catalyst for the perfect script. You know, it's the catalyst for the perfect story. <laughs> like it's just right. it's the, the cop it and is. the crook just looking at each other. It could end in a gunfight. There's so much Western gangster iconography you can immediately see in so many movies, and it's like, what do you say, buy a cup of coffee? That complete disarmament <laughs> of that, you're like, I, wow, okay, I'm, I'm, this is interesting, and though these two guys, are, it, and that's what's so great about Vincent in this moment. Vincent's so smart. Um, Vincent's m- maneuver here is so smart because he's wholly aware that Neil knows who's chasing him at that point. So that's uh-huh. what what's uh-huh. so great about this scene is like what. Instead of I'm not going to overcome him. I'm not going to just catch him. I'm not going to put him in jail because I surveilled him breaking and entering into somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's I'm mm-hmm. going to completely disarm him and just go, Hey, how you doing? Like, we know each mm-hmm. other. We know each other, right? You know, well, this is a fun game that we're playing here. But you know, just we're going to set the, we're going to set the scene, and I really know you. And that the first right. ten seconds of the coffee shop scene that we see together, it's like Vincent again, at least putting in a little bit more work to show that he's done his due diligence and research and say. Yeah. Oh, so you're in this prison and this is how long you were there mm-hmm. and those things. But no, it's just one. But imagine the preparedness of man just for that scene, for the motivation mm-hmm. for this scene, which he knows is so important, that he's, his instructions are so articulate and explicit. It's just another layer of like preparedness right. for him and obsession. And,
1: so, and visually, in a way, it's it's a, a more um, interesting – I mean, it's – I don't want it in any way to dismiss the coffee, you know, the famous coffee shop scene, it's important scene, they're both really good. I mean, it's really interesting how he chooses to shoot it, you know, we can talk about that. I mean, um the fact that they're in this weird we're just getting the backs of their heads, you know, going yes. to count again, it's a shot counter shot and I think it's very explicitly done that way, you know that we're going back and forth between these two men much of we as we have throughout the entire movie. Yes. Um you know, and the, the, initially what they say is just, you know, the first thing that, uh, we cut back, I say we were in the car looking at, um, Neil's face and he's, you know, he's been looking in the mirror and then we cut right to the two men in, in this, uh, diner, this coffee shop. And, um, just for, to, as a reminder, there they are. So, we are looking at uh, Neil's back, and we're looking at Vincent. And Vincent's talking, and he starts talking. Seven years in Folsom, and kind of listing. He's basically saying, "I know about you. I know your whole history." Yes. And then, and then we cut. Um, there's a, you know, we cut then to. You want to go to Neil, looking at him, um, facing him, and it's a weird, you know. Now we're, they're much more equal in a way. Before, in the car. Um, Vincent was kind of hovering over him, kind of in this menacing, authoritative position, and, you know, again, Neil was the one boxing. And here, they are two equals. Yes. You know, it's and even a very...
0: Even the camera move that precedes this equalizing sort of notion of them being mm-hmm. at the coffee scene, mm-hmm. the great camera move takes that conscious step to make Neil equal with our eye level because we've been looking Absolutely. at him up and he's, you know, um, uh, his face is almost like opaque, you know, the, in that profile, it's weird in the
1: mirror. Yeah. Right. Right. And right.
0: when he gets look in the mirror and the calculations happening, we are square beautifully framed. He's right. in our eye Absolutely. line, and, and the power is, is sort of almost like readjusted. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I love in Pacino's performance that it is literally a standover moment. But he's not mm-hmm. playing it with any of the bluster or the yeah. forcefulness that that Sandover moment has. In fact, the way that he's going through it and leaning into it, like he, either, it's it's a conscious power play. But I agree with you. If you look at visually, you know, and a lot of the folks who listen to the upcoming episodes, you know, we we really dive into the lore. We talk about these great performers and the canvases of their faces that just give Mm -hmm. us this unbelievable insight to character and and them and echoes through but i i agree with you the move the 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 subtle camera movement and the following of this minute that we're talking about is as good as any minute that's in the entire film perhaps even the coffee house scene that we're in now like as we've you know to Conclude the minute that we're talking about. It's the least visually interesting minute in the entire, yeah, absolutely, (laughs) least visually interesting in the entire film, and it's the most memorable for for just you know providing a space for these amazing performers to 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 operate.
1: Absolutely. One one other thing I wanted to us mention. I was just thinking a lot about. you know, I, I said earlier that when he says, "What do you say? I buy you a cup of coffee," and I, 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 I joke, but I'm not really joking. It is kind of like a, a pickup line, and it really it reminds me of the other the other times that we see. Um, Neil in restaurants, he's usually with his, his crew, right? You know, they go out for dinner for a party. Yes. Uh, there's an earlier one where they're intimidating Wayne grow, you know, um, when they try to, after Wayne grow has made his mistake, they're kind of group scenes. Another very important solo, uh, kind of diner sequence of course happens when he meets Edie. Yes. You know? And so I was thinking a lot because Edie is in a way a doppelganger. I mean, Obviously, Vincent and Neil are double gangers of a kind, but the two most important people for Neil are Vincent and Edie, and they and Vincent and Edie are also kind of counter to each other. You know, so it's yeah. interesting to me that they, you know, he meets Edie, and what is he ordering when he meets Edie? He's ordering coffee. He's, or- <laughs> so- he's,
0: he's ordering coffee, and in the the states yep. of the scene, he's so cl- like um, physically closed off. To Edie, yes. like I'm t- as I'm, I'm talking to Manola, I'm facing the camera. I'm yeah, like yeah, he sort yeah. of he's not looking at her. Can you pass the cream? And everything's like rigid, and his whole body is saying, "I don't want this to happen." And what even yeah. is so pronounced just about the Vincent scene is that as equals, they're just open. They're both open, and yes, they've got these yes, yes. these weird postures. So it's like it takes Neil a while before he's before he'll open up to Edie in this weird way, and we've sort of seen it and. You know, we've seen he's much more open to this pickup line because he's clearly more open and responsive to it when they get to the table, right? That's like that's a reading of it for sure.
1: But there is just something really similar. There's something interesting about how Neil reacts to both her and how he's framed with her and how he is framed with Vincent. Including I say the I think it's really important that leading up to this minute, as we we mentioned um, is the is the big sky of Los Angeles, you mm. know, and it's tilted. And as I was watching it again, I thought, oh, that's so interesting because what happens after um, Neil and Edie meet, they go to her place, right? Yes, Isn't it, And they look at the beautiful view, the city laid out, the sparkling beautiful and city. You,
0: and when we talked about it before, you said one of my favorite <laughs> quotes is that we th- this is one of those romantic notions. That a a graphic artist could afford that place, but it's yes, one of the yes, li- one of the lies that we're happily
1: accepting. <laughs> yes, true, true, true. <laughs> it's just I think that that's another visual echo. Is all I'm pointing out. Yeah. I don't want to overstate that, but I do think because Edie is positioned as his kind of counter. You know, she's yes one way that that he could go and the other way is is really is to go obviously with with vincent you know there's these they're the fork in the road right i mean we know that and i do think that man even has these kind of visual cues like the you know the beautiful los angeles uh, smoggy sky at night lit up like jewels you know you, you, and to you she just touched on
0: one that I've just never really drawn the comparison to, but they both share such a dynamic simil- similarity literally to this, the frame that I'm shooting now is there's that amazing scene that happens later, which I believe is on the LA coastline where Neil is pleading with Edie and she's the mm-hmm. one who's stone faced mm-hmm. and looking away. Mm-hmm. And you, you get this, I, I I definitely think there's a visual echo, even though the fr- even though the camera's staged slightly differently, yep. it's the same physical positioning of yes. Neil pleading, like leaning yep. in, trying to get close and yep. Edie just so stone face. And, 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 but obviously Amy Brenneman's beautiful, like glacial face in those moments later yeah. on is right, right there. And Neil's on the side, like trying to, to convince her to do something. Um, and you, you know, it is literally in that moment, follow me, like, you know, follow me, follow me. And so there's yeah. that great echo later, but yeah, I, I love these little, it's like these little, you know, fractured reflections of these characters that have, you know, for people to in- con- interconnect so strongly in this movie, they have such deep, what's so great is where there's these deep similarities and these deep echoes. And then all those beautiful divergences just make for the nuance of the whole rest of the movie because there's just so, you know, some of them are so much more pronounced. You know, it's like, you know, the fact that Neil's like, Really, a high-functioning sociopath, (laughs) like, (laughs) is is a big one because Vincent could never. It's like you know, whatever the whatever the line is, Vincent would never cross it. Like, Vincent's never going to do something, you know, to to put put one over Neil, even though he knows so much about him that would be against the law. He wants to catch him right. Yes, you know, absolutely. And Neil will do anything. Neil will do anything to get his way.
1: So, just one last uh, little uh, thought about uh, the fact that 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 edie and vincent um kind of occupy these two choices for him in some ways the other thing in a separate interview that man called the coffee shop scene he said it was the quote-unquote marriage of these two characters (laughs) in a contrapuntal story and he said that the marriage is the coffee shop scene and i think that's just amazing and you know it's about the, the you know, the homosocial world of men that, that you know, man is so brilliant at and the, the relationships with men. And I mean it just adds to the tragedy of the story, you know, and to feel anything for this kind of crazy man who's a thief, you know, who just who basically is responsible for a lot of death in this movie. Um, but this but you know that there is this
0: we get to see him happy inside we get to yes, what's in yes, the scene yes. in the moments of the scene, we get to see him happy. And, yeah, and we can yeah. deeply relate to him in, so many, in all these weird ways. And other ways, you're like, oh, no, I wouldn't take a machine gun and gun people down. But like, no, 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 forget no, no, about no. those bits. <laughs> Let's ignore those bits. Let's just all remember well, that he's a professional he... obsessive. He doesn't have all the, the, the right number of cups in his cupboard or whatever you want to call it <laughs> in his pantry.
1: But the scene is where he actually is sitting down with his equal. I mean, you know, that is very clear. And, you know, I think it's really important that they're in this brightly lighted, um, you know, uh, space that we can see them and they see each other. I yes. think that that is really crucial.
0: Oh, Manola, this, <laughs> this is so much fun. It's not. I shouldn't be allowed to have this much fun this far into this show. Ladies and gentlemen, Manola Dargis, thank you so much.
1: For it has co- been a pleasure for coming back.
0: It, it's always fun, always fun. If if I do get really close to the end, I might call you back for one last time if I can sneakily get you. Because <laughs> Manola said to me, Blake, uh, offline, off Blake. I don't know if I can say any more about this movie. I think she can, as she proved today. Um, uh, so I might be able to convince her another time. But I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful for your time and for you being a part of the show. It's been amazing. So thank you so much again. Um, a third episode. Um, and into the coffee house scene and it literally in the first scene that Pacino and De Niro occupy the screen. I wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you so much. Um, uh, guys, Manola Douglas, New York times, you can find her everywhere there. And, uh, and as you would have known from the last episode, um, you can go see some of her older, um, older work. She stups, um, for a, li- oh, what was it? What did she say? She, she
1: stoops to conquer. That's she stoops to a conquer. Easier. I did, I did link
0: that in the last one heat minute uh, episode by a link. So if you go down, you can see that, um, that <laughs> article, which is excellent. Um, but again, Manola, thank you so much for being a part of the show guys. Thank you for listening. 89th episode. We are in the coffee shop. Um, the episodes are going to come thick and fast as you listen. Cause I've, I, I, I literally can't wait to share them with you. Some amazing guests and obviously kicking it off with Manola Manola. Thank you so much again. And uh, folks who are listening to One Heat Minute, subscribe, rate, review. We love having you along for the journey. Um, it's been my my favorite thing to do ever. And I get to meet amazing people like Manola along this journey. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch you on another episode of One Heat Minute just around the corner. Thank you, Manola Dargis.
1: Thank you. <laughs>